So recently I was told something that I think quite possibly could have been just an absolute lie to my face or the person that was giving me the information was just completely misinformed. I'll let you guys decide when I tell you the story. You can let me know in the comments below what you think uh, transpired in this situation. But it was a recent visit to London, which I go there all the time. A lot of you guys know I make videos about it. I do a lot on Instagram and stories, reels. It's a great place to go for inspiration. I like to visit a lot of the boutiques, pick stuff up, handle it, have a look at it, and just kind of mentally break things down. It just gives me great inspiration uh, for the creation of leather goods for you guys. But there's one thing that I noticed when visiting many of these leather goods boutiques, and that is with the salespeople that work there. Salespeople love to leverage story and information about the product that generates some kind of emotional connection, okay? That's part of what selling is for. They're there to encourage you to buy, so they have to say something, and they want you to get that connection. But when is telling a story that's just based on fallacy or making things up, what, you know, what is going too far to you guys? Because story is incredibly powerful in sales. There's a great book. Uh, I'll make a book recommendation. I'm getting in the habit of doing that. Is uh, Story Brand. Great book. Uh, one of my favorites and just shows the, the, the power and importance of story. But when is it going too far when the person is just making things up, just trying to get that sale? And it's almost every boutique that I go to, they will talk about their history, the heritage, the provenance. And even if they don't tell you anything, when you walk in, like recently I walked into Hermes and they have some of their vintage uh, saddlery tack, you know, all the hardware and, and things hanging from the ceilings and also on walls and talking about the history and vintage photographs. You know, it works. They love it. People love that history. And when they talk about the products, they will tell you the kind of leather and they will tell you where it comes from and who made it and whether or not it was handmade or hand-stitched. There's one particular instance recently where I went into a leather goods store and it was an English leather goods maker, quite well known. I won't say the brand, um, just to cover myself a little bit. But they're famous for making typically English leather goods. Uh, we're talking attache cases, doctor's bags, briefcases, all sorts of bridal leather goodies. Now, recently they've come out with a new line of leather goods. It doesn't, it has the essence of English leather goods, but it's a lot more contemporary. It looks like something that um, Gucci could have come out with or Vuitton. It's, it's a little bit more modern, a little bit more European in style, should I say. So I was there and the salesperson comes over to me and we get talking about the leather goods and I don't mention that I'm a maker. I'm just, you know, I'm there just to, you know, possibly buy something even. Sometimes I do. And I asked about the new range that, they, that this brand has come out with. And I, I can already tell that it's not made in the UK. It's just a hunch. So I said, this new line that you have of, of handbags and purses and where are they made? Because I know you make a lot of it in the UK. And he said, oh, no, these are made in Italy using leather from Tuscany. I said, oh, that's interesting. Good quality leather. 
And he said, yes, um, the main difference between the English leather that we use for some of our other goods and this new range is the new range is tanned in Tuscany, which creates a softer leather. So I just kind of like nodded and was like, oh, really? It's kind of encouraging to, to keep talking. And he said, yes. Uh, in fact, the reason it's soft is because the climate out there is a lot more humid because English leather is just too dry to make these bags and you just can't get it this soft. And it was, it was almost like he was kind of, his eyes were wandering, trying to kind of bring more stuff out to tell me just to keep the conversation going almost. And I, he just had the look of, I'm making this up as I go along about him. It could have been just something that he was told or that he heard it and just completely you know, misinterpreted what they were saying course english leather is is not drier it's you know typically english bridal leather is 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 firmer which is ideal for leather cases and if you're making a soft bag that you want to be nice and soft you're going to be using chrome tan leather it doesn't matter where it's tanned it's doesn't not softer because it's from tuscany in fact when he said that it was more humid i checked out average yearly humidity <laughs> i'm so sad Average yearly humidity for Tuscany was uh, 70% humidity. And for London, it's 71% humidity. It doesn't even matter because even if that was true, as soon as you bring it into a drier climate, it's going to start drying out. So, you know, it's going to match. It's going to find an equilibrium with the surrounding moisture. Anyway, obviously we know it's not true. But I got to think, you know, I know that's not true. But how often do we get kind of told these stories in shops and it doesn't have to be leather goods it could be any luxury store it could be any store for that matter it could be a car showroom how often do we get lied to by people that sell leather goods and i got to thinking for those of you out there who like myself in the past sold leather goods we kind of realize that it's really important to talk about the product a little bit you know what kind of leather the, the fact that we hand stitch the fact that we we make everything by hand the fact that it takes you know many years of skill to perfect this or that part of this creation that we come out with and i'm not questioning the importance of story what i'm questioning is is whether or not it matters and to me yes the answer is yes it does matter of course and for many of you out there uh, I believe you'll be thinking the same. Absolutely. Story is important and whether it's true or not definitely matters. And I've come across this kind of mentality before of, you know, does it really matter? And this is the first time that I've ever talked about this. Um, many years ago, when I was creating leather goods, I remember I went on to Instagram. There was someone that I followed who sold who kind of bought, repaired, and then sold on um, vintage leather cases and trunks and things like that. And on one of them, there was a company that I recognized. It was a very old English company that was around a very long time ago. It hasn't produced since, I believe, the 40s or something like that. I could be wrong. I think it was around that time. And it's kind of changed hands and kind of started up again and died in the meantime. So I don't really consider it. Uh, a serious contender anymore but anyway I remember I left a comment on this particular case on the person's Instagram profile on their post and I said something along the lines of what a wonderful company so much history it's a shame that they aren't still going anymore they do exist in theory the website is terrible 
I don't think they're still going. And I was contacted by the owner of the name of this brand. Now, this brand, just to give you a little bit of historical context, was said to be the original maker of the flat top trunk, which gave Louis Vuitton the inspiration to create their flat top trunk so that they were stackable. And there is truth to this. This company did actually produce a flat top trunk before Louis Vuitton. They even beat Louis Vuitton at some of the, um, I think it was the, the World's Fair or something like that in Paris several times, um, putting out their luxury goods and pitting them against each other. This brand is also one of the brands said to have inspired Gucci when he worked in London at the Savoy Hotel. He would marvel at some of the, the wealthy people that would come in with some of these bags and cases and, uh, and that inspiration inspired him to start his own brand. And I, I have to, I have to bring up some of the, some of the historical. Um, I just don't want to be inaccurate here. It was one of the first cases on Mount Everest. It had the royal warrant for the British royal family. It was a favorite brand among celebrities such as Theodore Roosevelt. Won gold at the World Exhibition in Paris, uh, and they were known and probably most famous to have created the world's first luxury handbag. Okay, so can you imagine like all this history, this brand, and it's just someone owns its name, but it's not going anymore. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. And this guy, instead of coming back at me and saying, oh, you think our website's terrible, blah, 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 blah. He actually came back and said, look, we, we own the company. We realize the, the website's terrible. We actually want to restart it, but we've been looking for the right person to spearhead this for the longest time, and we haven't found anyone suitable yet. Would you like to come to London and we can have lunch and we can talk about it because we like your stuff, we've seen your stuff, and we would be interested in you being the maker for the brand and potentially uh, bringing on other people later on. So I thought to myself, I could be the one creating, the sole creator for this brand that inspired the likes of Vuitton, Gucci, made for the royal family, one of the first cases on Everest, uh, the first handbag ever, and I'm creating for this brand. Every stitch I do, every cut I make is for this brand with this kind of history. It was incredibly powerful. It was an honor to be asked. So I went there. It wasn't lunch. It was dinner. And we sat down and we were talking about you know, my background, what I've been doing, the history of the brand, what he does as, as the owner of this. And he owns multiple businesses. A very wealthy man. Very nice guy as well. And we got to talking about the history and I had, you know, in my notes, all the information that I've collected about this brand. And I said, one of the issues that I have is I can't find anything to back up, anything to, you know, to show evidence that some of these claims are, are true. Some of the references on Wikipedia go to a newspaper article and who knows where they get their references from. You know, it's, it's, it's not any concrete and I've been looking for the longest time just to try and find out more information about this brand. And his reply kind of, not shocked me, but I didn't expect it. 
So in, in me asking, you know, where's the evidence that all this stuff is definitely true? And his reply, as quick as you like, was, does it matter? With a straight face. And I felt like just going, yeah, of course it matters. I don't want to be creating for a company which is just based on lies and, you know, half-truths. Now, like, some of these things are actually known to be true. And some of them, I believe, probably aren't. Maybe a little bit of embellishment going on. But this is a brand. It did have a lot of history. It did create a flat-top trunk before Louis Vuitton. Um, and shortly afterwards, Vuitton then came out with it. So Vuitton were technically the second. You know, there there is a lot of history associated with this. I mean, this, at the time, I think it was... Oh, I can't remember exactly when it was. Late 1800s, there was a store in Piccadilly, I think it was. And it was the largest leather goods and luggage store in the world at the time you know and these are are known things so i'm kind of thinking to myself i would love the opportunity to get started with this brand i can't find information about this and whether or not some of these things are true we're going to be using this story this her heritage this provenance uh in the marketing of the brand but i'm not comfortable that it's true now i'm not going to say that i turned it down because of that situation uh there were a few other things i wasn't happy with the contracts and eventually it just fell through and i just kind of stepped away from it but that was the initial kind of uh maybe this isn't all it you know all it could be and is this something i want to go forward with now even if i was really just focused on earning as much money as i could and you know making hay whilst the sun shines eventually if you're coming out with things that are not true around your business Eventually, people are going to cotton on to that idea. And the more successful you become, the bigger the brand becomes, people are going to find these things out about you eventually. You're making too many waves. People are thinking, okay, let's look into that claim. Let's see if that claim's true. And all it takes is one or two newspaper articles or people sharing things on social media. Look at the claims that they made. There's no truth behind it. These are barefaced. And the business is ended. So even if you were just focused on earning, you know, earning money, you eventually know you're probably going to get caught out. But I was just never comfortable with that example. I was expecting him to go, oh, yeah, we've got all these archived information here. You can go through it and have a look. And, you know, this shows that when this was done, you know. And I just didn't get any of that. He just, you know, half, I half think that the Wikipedia page about them, um, some of those things are completely made up. However, if you go and look at... Uh, Gucci's the 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 man himself Gucci or Gucci believe it or not uh, if you go on his page you will see this brand there and if you go onto Louis Vuitton's Wikipedia page you will see it at the top this brand it's not hard to find but trying to get the information trying to you know trace back where all this comes from I couldn't find it so you know for me the moral of the story is excuse the pun, story is incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. But make sure that what you're saying is truth and what you're coming out with is truth. Like where the, your leather came from, your background and your history and the skills that you use. Because if you dig deep enough, you will find really interesting information about the most mundane things. Uh, an example, one second. So I just had to grab this all. So if you're watching this in the video, you can see it. 
Um, I'm holding the Titanium All by Jerome David. I got this from Rocky Mountain Leather Supply. For those of you listening on the podcast, it's an all with a uh, dark uh, brown wooden handle. Now, I didn't mention anything about this in the advertising, but eventually when I found a French website that was selling these, I translated the page and it gave you a little bit more information about uh, where it's made and who made it. And uh, the one thing it said is the guy who creates this, Jerome David, uses locally sourced wood from where he lives in the Jura region in France. Now, one of my favorite places in the world is the Jura in France. It is absolutely beautiful. It goes from France across to Switzerland, uh, around some famous uh, well-known watch brands as well, Rolex and a few others. It's just a beautiful part of the country. And sometimes I go there, it's well known for skiing, but I like to go in the off season because the forests around there and the mountains and the hills is just so beautiful. And when I found out that this wood is locally sourced and then turned on a machine to create this all, it just gave me that emotional connection to this. And I knew I had to have it just from that. I mean, it's, it's, for me, the best all out there. I mean, the blades are incredible. It's easy to fix at a certain angle. There's a number of things, well-balanced, perfectly made like a Swiss watch. But that was the thing that really kind of, I guess, triggered me. It just made me want to have the all. And it was part of its story that really spoke to me. Now, it's a bit niche, but it just goes to show, even in some really kind of everyday items, there's always some kind of story associated with it you know right now the audio equipment uh, next to the camera which is connected to all my podcast setup is in a shoebox that was my uncle's which was handed down to him from my grandfather who got it from some somewhere in the second world war don't know when but it's just been handed down no one knows where it came from and i did it up and got it to store all my audio equipment it's just an everyday item but now it has so much history and relevance to me so if you can think about when you're creating leather goods what is interesting about the thing that you're creating or about yourself or the journey to create this product that could be interesting to the customer that is relevant to the customer because there is always some kind of story there's always some kind of history there's always something interesting about where the hardware came from oh i'm using oh these are solid brass rings on my on the bag that i'm making oh, that's great okay where are they from are they from abbey england who has the royal warrant to create uh hardware for by appointment to her majesty formerly the queen now uh charles but there's, there's always something that you can add about the leather the hardware you the design, the Havilland travel bag it has handle attachments which are shaped after the tail wings of the de Havilland comet, the um, radial sunburst Chicago screws. Four of them represent the four jet turbines of the aircraft. The side profile of the bag is the tail wing itself. And, you know, there's all these little things that you can add into a design as well because story is so powerful. So that is the moral of today's podcast, is try and think about the story of you, your journey, the things that you work with, the designs that you come out with, what's interesting about that. Always try and dig a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, and you always find something really fascinating, uh, even in the most mundane things. So guys, thank you for watching. Again, comment below. Tell me your thoughts on this. 
Uh, and if you've had uh, a similar experience in your lifetime, I'd really be interested, whether it's about leather goods or not, be really interested to hear about it in the comments below. Don't forget to give me a like if you enjoyed this or learned something new. And as always, I will see you in the next podcast. <music>